From WHYY and Billy Penn, this is your Friday edition of Hitting Season, a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue. I write for Baseball Prospectus. With me is Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Yo, happy Friday, everybody, or Saturday now, I guess, when you're listening to this, possibly. Happy the day it is that you're listening. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) As a podcast, we can exist whenever you want us to. You just hit that play button. Uh, but yeah, as we're speaking, the Phillies have yet to play on Friday, uh, beginning their homestand with the Chicago Cubs. Ranger Suarez making his Citizens Bank Park debut in 2023. Uh, it's been great having him back in the rotation, uh, though the rotation is still with its woes on occasion. And in general, Liz, this is a Phillies team that doesn't feel like has has changed very much since our initial frustrations crystallized earlier in the season. But before we get to any of that, I think we got to address the most important issue of the day. Uh, Great news. The New York Mets fan group, the seven line, will not be throwing out the first pitch at the baseball game where they were going to be throwing out the first pitch again at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, They are going to let a, I believe, 10-year-old kid who is a Phillies fan do it instead. Uh, If you weren't following this story, this was a repeat of what happened last year when a New York Mets fan group called the seven line bought enough tickets as a group that they qualified to throw out the ceremonial first pitch and then did. And then the Phillies just let that happen. And, uh, you know, it got kind of swept under the rug because the Phillies went to the world series and the Mets, you know, we're relying on the greasiness of Joe Musgrove's ears to get to the, their next level of the playoffs. (laughs) But I remember saying to you and John, that if things did go south for the Phillies and they did not make the playoffs in 2022, we could point to that moment as the moment the bad vibes were released uh, as though we had uh, wrenched open an emperor's tomb and unleashed a curse upon ourselves. But, as I said, everything worked out okay. It's still just something you you generally don't want to happen as a fan of a team. You don't want your rival fans to come into the stadium and be honored and get a high five from the fanatic. Like, you just don't want to see that stuff. They get to act like they have one up on you, and it's just generally not something pleasant. Well, the real the question line- here, I'm sorry, the real question here is why the Phillies have a policy that allow you allows you to throw out a first pitch if you buy a certain number of tickets. I mean, first of all, why haven't we bought that number of tickets yet? Second of all, why hasn't anyone, it's not going to be us because we don't have uh, the uh, the the initiative to, to do something like this, but why hasn't there been a Phillies fan group that responded and tried to do the same thing? Maybe because that policy doesn't exist within the New York yeah. Mets organization, which makes a lot of that. sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'd like, I knew you were on a thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to say that because why does this policy exist? Because once it exists, they can't say no you can't do it you're a Mets group because this is it, it's a you know they can't just do that because they would presumably just not buy all those tickets so yeah that's the thing like just don't have that just don't have that just don't <laughs> like I I don't know just you could give it to the groups that do you just make it a secret and you just don't publish it and then if the Mets group comes in you just don't tell them How's that? I mean, given the, the, the Phillies are three games under 500, they've been you know hovering for a little bit above, mostly below 500 for most of the season. People are generally just kind of waiting for this team after six weeks of baseball to sort of get itself together and be the team they're supposed to be. And they haven't really hit that level yet. So to receive this news that this was happening again was kind of annoying, I would say, yeah. at the very least, for this fan base. But like I said, there was some developments at first – they uh, the seven line said, well, we we have received we're, we're not allowed to wear Mets gear when we do this. We're not allowed to wear seven line gear where we don't have to wear Phillies gear, but we, we aren't allowed to do that. And even then it was just like, yeah, it kind of feels like an afterthought. You know, I mean, even if they have like the fanatic dump some popcorn on him, it's still going to be like, aha, it's part of it. Plus, as we talked about on Absolutely Hammered when we gave this topic an entire episode, um, <laughs> which is available on the Hidden Season Patreon at patreon.com slash hidden season. Uh, 
even if that had happened, the Mets, whoever was throwing out the first pitch, would have had like a Mets flag in their pocket or ripped their shirt open to show they were in fact wearing a Mets. Like it's just not hard to orchestrate the own mm-hmm. that it really is at its core. But like I said, the good news is uh, I saw on the Seven Lines podcast they said that a Mets fan reached out to them as they were you know hearing about this issue and and a Mets fan reached out to them who said. Uh, my young son, he is a Phillies fan. Um, long story short, he is one of these kids who has gone through an absolute just gauntlet of, of horrific health issues, uh, but is still, you know, wants to throw out the first pitch and is a Phillies fan, and they're going to have him do it, and I think that's awesome. So, long story short, oh boy, this was, uh, this was a ride, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, th- that we're at the point we're at is, uh, you know, it's good. I was ever mad at the Mets, or Mets fans for this, really. I realized no. after this, this resolution that I was only ever mad at the Phillies for letting yeah. it happen. Pretty much. Like, there's, I, I can't, why wouldn't you take advantage of a policy like that if it existed? Like, if you've got enough people, the initiative to do it, like, go and make them let a Mets fan throw out the first pitch, and that's going to be a story, and Philly's going to look stupid, which it did. Right. The Phillies looked super dumb, and the Mets will always be able to hold this over us because it ha- we're the ones that let it happen first, not us personally, but the Phillies are the ones that just let this happen first. They're going to have this on us forever. Like, people have not understood that, and every time I'm reminded of it, I get angry, like, violently angry, like a, like a, a Giants Cardinals level of angry. You know, that's pretty that's pretty angry, folks. Let me let me tell you, like, it really is so incredible that it happened. But I'm, and, I'm uh, glad that, that there's like a, a, an almost repeat of it. Like, I'm so glad a someone with a Phillies fan connection stepped out of the woodwork. But can we stop this from happening again? Can <laughs> Wait, that's we? That's the thing. We don't need we can. to do this. They can do we, we, this. We don't have to. This is avoidable. This is so avoidable. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it just makes it look like there's people somewhere within the Phillies organization who are like not thinking on the level of fans, which on, on the one hand is a good thing. But on the other, you know, if, if your whole if your whole no. response was like, well, and what's the big deal? It's just a ceremonial first pitch. You're like, wrong. You're right. Lose sure. Your of job. course. Of course, I can I can see the logic there. But if we aren't indulging fandom as a baseball team, then what are we doing? Exactly. So that was kind of where I ended up. But again, the, the situation uh, has a, has a great resolution. I think everybody's happy with how that wound up. Good on the good on them. Good on good on how this uh, good on the Mets. Good on the Phillies. Good on Seven Line for for how this has been resolved. Uh, and everyone can go back to caring not caring about who is throwing out a ceremonial pit first pitch ninety percent of the time. Thank the Lord. Now, on to actual baseball. Yes, the Philadelphia Phillies have returned home. They will be playing at Citizens Bank. Bank As far as I know, they they just didn't play baseball this past week. It's really weird. It's incredible that they just got this great one-week break and nothing happened. Yes, I believe the Phillies boarded an airplane uh, about a week ago, uh, <laughs> circled United States air ba- airspace for a couple of days, and then landed back in Philadelphia to begin a homestand against the Cubs. Yeah, nope, no big yes. deal there. Nope. Uh, to, my no- theory is that they went to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Nothing to be upset about or frustrated about. Uh, certainly no teams out west swept the Phillies. Uh, no, at no point did, did the Phillies <laughs> let themselves down or get in their own way or or uh, indicate any of the same issues that have been problems for them all season long. No, no, no. It's it's just it was nothing. And now it now they're back. Uh, but yeah, after an off day yesterday, the Phillies begin a weekend series at home. Ranger Suarez is on the bump tonight. And we are forced to reckon once again with this baseball team. We had 24 hours off Great. from. And talk about what's going to happen. What's the deal here? And as I was uh, considering topics for today's episode, Liz, I really came, it it came down just looking at at the Phillies problems and and the issues and the stories of the day. What it really comes down to in regards to, well, the starting pitching is good and then it's bad. Well, the team wins and then they don't. Well, the team gets runners on base and can't knock them in. Well, Trey Turner specifically has become, uh, you know, someone people have lost some patience with and everyone's waiting for him to get going. And really, the end of the day, there's no solution, certainly, that we are going to come up with. It's more that the problems the Phillies have and the team the Phillies have, 
the only solution is to just keep playing baseball and like work it out you know take your swings make your make your throat like get in a rhythm figure it out figure out what's wrong and then be good after that because they have a they're, they're not waiting to figure out who any of these players are most of them were free agents they brought in because they already knew who they were like there's there's not any trials or auditions going on right now this is a team that is built to win and should win and occasionally has won this season so when you see somebody like Trey Turner struggling a guy who was considered one of the best players on the planet just a couple of weeks ago, a guy who was considered potentially the best shortstop in baseball when free agents were being signed. Uh, when you see him struggling, it's not that he is now bad and will be bad forever. It's not that he's going to be a 158 hitter with runners in scoring position for the rest of his career, something yeah. he has actually excelled at for the last two seasons. It's simply that he needs to keep playing, which when given the option to sit on the sit on the bench for a night, take a night off or keep playing by when he was given that option by Rob Thompson a few weeks ago, he chose to keep playing because, as he said, I want to play through it. That's really your only option as a player. And as a fan, then your only option becomes, well, if I'm going to watch, I'm going to be Just watching some here. guys <laughs> who are trying to work stuff out. Yep. So that can't that can't always be fun for fans. And, yep. you know, no one no one wants to hear how early it is in the season. But that is really the conclusion here that the Phillies need to keep playing baseball. And fortunately, there's some baseball still to go. So that's kind of the conclusion I landed on. And since that is essentially what we got to do, you know, watch this baseball team again. Uh, I thought it would be a more fruitful exercise if the two of us came up with some questions about the Phillies to ask each other. Uh, and I'm sure everyone else can answer along with wherever they are currently listening to this. They can shout their answers into their refrigerator or at their neighbors or at other people on the bus. Feel free to do so. Uh, but yeah, Liz and I have prepared some questions about the Phillies, the current Phillies and, and goings on, uh, within the organization that, uh, I think, I think are going to be pretty entertaining or at least engaging to listen to. So... Uh, without further ado, Liz, uh, I'm going to, well, actually, I'm going to sneak an ambush question in here real quick. And oh, it's really neat. the most important <laughs> one of the day. Uh, Reese Hoskins' beard? I did not recognize him <laughs> at first. I honestly didn't recognize him either. Uh, his, his wife yeah. tweeted a picture of him having grown a beard that I was not expecting to see. And yes, I scrolled right past not realizing who it was. I had yeah. to, I, I did a double the double take of scrolling and had to go, yeah. whoop, go back up and be like, oh, my God, that is him. That is. And I'll tell you what, it, it works. He's got it a good does, beard. He looked like he was in like a an old school L.L. Bean shirt and a Subaru, like ready to ride up, you know, Cadillac Mountain in Maine or something like that. He looked very, he looked very woodsy, very happy, at least. Yeah, he was smiling, you know, and that, that was that was good. Uh, yeah, it, it does seem like he is he is going full on season in, ending injury guy mode, yeah. which, you know. Who could blame him at this point? So, yeah, I, I, yeah, and all I could do was think, like, man, I haven't really considered this yet because the team just hasn't been playing super well. But can you imagine <laughs> if if they last long enough for him to actually step on a baseball field and like get in at bat oh, this season? My God, <laughs> what a what a moment that would be! Uh, but my here we are God. in May. It's not Memorial Day. Let's not dip into those emotional waters just yet. Uh, no, why but don't I you just, ask? Like, I legit, my heart is like racing a little bit thinking about that moment. I have like goosebumps, <laughs> like legitimately right now thinking about how otherworldly that that would be. Seriously, the stadium might lift off the ground. It's the like kind of season we're having. Held hands around the Pentagon. It's the kind of season we're having thus far that that uh, we're we're fantasizing about <laughs> what might happen like seven months from now or whatever. Like... <laughs> oh God! Well, have we missed the point of baseball? Perhaps. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, since I've already asked you a question, why don't we start with one of your questions? All righty. So, uh, who is one player on the 2023 Phillies that, for personal or baseball reasons? You want to punt into the stratosphere. Now, I I hesitate to feel this way about people this early in the season, barring extreme circumstances. It's almost June, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not just almost remember. June. It's, it all, is, it's, it's not it's, even Memorial Day. That's the time of year it is. 
It's May 19th. <laughs> My sister gets married in early June. And when I can count the days and like easily remember how many there are, it's close. Yeah, well, 11.59 ain't midnight, Liz, so I don't know what to tell you. It's not Memorial Day. None of this is real. Uh, but to, to answer to answer your question, uh, boy, I I don't want to say it because I, of that in, entire thing I just said, but I'm getting real sick of watching Trey Turner walk up to the plate with what already feels like an 0-2 count or a two-strike count. Uh, he came up and I think struck out on, what, four pitches in the last yeah. bat of the game? And that was anticlimactic. Boy, I, I think they even wrote about that on the Phillies website saying, like, yeah, this was like uh, the setup of a great moment for Trey Turner and then he just blew it. nothing. <laughs> just just nothing, you know, and you thought, oh, no, this is this really is set up because they've lost the first two games against the Giants. There's a chance they could salvage the series, you know, get get a win before they come home. That'd be at least better than a loss. And uh, and then just just nothing. And so, like, over the past week, I, I think my my frustrations have really seeped in. Uh, but again, this is not somebody I feel it, it's more like it's always just momentary frustration. Like, I hope this is the at bat. I hope this is the at bat. I hope this is the at bat where he, you know, starts the turnaround and the turner around. And um, <laughs> there's it just it just hasn't arrived yet. And that seemed like a great moment for it. And it just it just wasn't. Uh, and I, I honestly, I was really disappointed uh, in Taiwan Walker's last start too, man. I was, I was feeling good about him, and uh, mm -hmm. his he, he made uh, two bad starts. And remember, we all thought I bet he's like hurting somewhere because he left with a forearm strain a couple starts ago, and then came out and threw a terrible start. Uh, and then he threw two really good starts in a row, and it was like, yeah. okay, he cleared, you know, he cleared the mechanism. Uh, and, and he got there, and, and he made two six-inning starts, once against the Red Sox and again at home against the Rockies. And, and both times he allowed uh, a couple of hits, you know, uh, but no walks in either start. No walks in 12 innings. Uh, and then against the Giants, he couldn't even get out of the first inning. Yeah. Uh, boy, I, I, I don't think I need to tell you I was not into that. So, no. yeah, that, that was uh, that's somebody else uh, I feel was – Potentially punt-worthy uh, to answer your <laughs> punt -worthy. question. Punt-worthy. I feel like this might be a good question every week, just to allow us to get our, you know, our bad feelings out. We can also ask, you know, who is your favorite of the week? That's true. Very true. Um, but are, are you asking me that now? Um, that was not my, another one of my questions. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, good. If I'm if was... I am limited to three questions, even though you even though you are going to ask four, uh, yes. then I, I don't ask any questions, any more questions. I'm good. Very well. I appreciate your adherence to the rules that I d don't have to follow. Um, <laughs> that yes. I am more privileged than you. <laughs> I would I would have struggled to come up with a with a favorite after this last week anyway. Yeah, I that know it's tough. That would have been tough. a test. But yeah, I think uh, I think at least the punt, you know, the punt of the week. Well, <laughs> staying in this realm, uh, we won't we won't dwell here for the entire episode. But staying in this more negative space, uh, I, I'll ask you tonight. The Phillies are opening a homestand. You know, we're looking ahead. We're not thinking about whatever happened last week in California. You know, I I've already it's already pretty foggy, honestly, in my head. Uh, so we're looking ahead. Homestand tonight. Ranger Suarez on the mound, taking on the Cubs, fresh off a day off. Everyone agrees it's time to right the ship. What's the worst thing the Phillies could do tonight in the situation they're in? Um, the worst thing is get beaten by a lot <laughs> and not get beaten by a lot and not uh, score a lot of runs. Score very few, in fact. It's that that would be that would be my. That would be the worst thing they could do tonight. If Ranger Suarez had a terrible start and the Phillies couldn't hit. Because that's yep. not riding the yep. ship. That is continuing. Bad. That's the ship continuing on the, <laughs> on the, what is it with that ship that uh, got wrecked on the ice? In, Titanic. Um, no. <laughs> there was an explorer ship <laughs> that got wrecked on the ice in Northern Canada, I think. And they, their ship was like stranded for, months and months and some of them died <laughs> and so i feel like the phillies are on that course right now instead of turning back around 
You heard it here first, folks. The (laughs) Phillies are an old wooden ship stuck in the ice with many of them facing down the brink of grim death. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't think we're being overly dramatic. It's not even Memorial Day. You know, as Liz said, it's basically June. So, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, honestly, it's more it's more humorous because every other day we get a story on Phillies.com saying, ah, the Phillies are are mad and the hits are going to come or we got to turn this around. It's time to play better. And then they go out and no. And uh, yeah, so once again, they've they've been teed up with this. It's time to turn it around. They had the day off. They're back home. Like now is the time to turn it around. And um, yeah, to 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 get absolutely bombed by the Cubs and to see their their you know fresh new starter back from the injured list get wrecked would yeah that'd be really bad. We're both knocking on wood, right? As I'm saying yeah, these things, completely. Yeah. So no one oh, can accuse God, us yeah. of speaking Jeez. this into reality. That's not. No one believes that's real anyway. Certainly not me. All right. Well, that that answers my question. Uh, what else you got for me, Liz? I've got. We recently went to Citizens Bank Park for our tailgate. Uh, and then we went to the game afterwards. What is one thing that you would change about our lovely home stadium? You can add or subtract. It can be food, entertainment, anything you want. Well, a couple of things spring to mind immediately. Um, I said we weren't going to dwell on the negative. I will say this response. I do think it would be valuable for the stadium to have a sort of um, soundproof scream chamber where for like maybe you know a dollar or something you you put a dollar in and um there's a big screen and on that screen pops up a player of your choosing either on the phillies or even even a player on the other team and and you get to just you know they're, they're just doing they're like um things they film at spring training where they're just like standing there with their bat, but, but like they're moving and stuff and they'll, they'll start, they start miming as though someone is yelling at them. You know, obviously they can't hear you cause they're, they are previously filmed footage, but they're like miming as though like someone is, is really yelling at them. Uh, and then you get to yell all your problems with them personally <laughs> at the screen and no one else can hear you cause it's a soundproof booth, but it's got glass walls so everyone can see what you're doing. So oh, yeah. this, I think that's exactly be, how I envisioned it. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a rage tank. Like if the fish inside of a tank all had anger problems, um, it would be like that. And people would gather around and and watch watch you uh, get your emotions out. And uh, it would probably be therapeutic. Two double stalls, five bucks for three minutes. You go in. There's a big foam bat. You can scream and hit your the player of your choosing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, a a therapeutic and and healthy way to to approach uh, your sports frustration. Uh, but on the positive side, I would also say there needs to be something, some kind of game or some kind of booth that simulates the experience of catching a home run ball or a foul ball. Mm. For those of us who have been to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of live baseball games in their lives and have yet to catch a foul ball or home run. Uh, I feel like something to just simulate that experience for those of us who are who will, let's be honest, probably die before we experience the, uh, the, the it firsthand ourselves. So I think I think creating that experience for people now, what you might say is, but Justin, if you're in that like booth or whatever and away from the game, aren't you robbing yourself of further chances to catch foul balls and home runs? No. And to you, I say, <laughs> I didn't think of that. I didn't really think about that till I started talking. So. Yeah, that's probably that's that's some statistically sure I am doing that, but theoretically, um, but considering, I mean, how unlikely is it? You know that you'll you'll catch a home run ball. I think if you go and simulate one and sacrifice a few innings of your time, I think uh, right. that's worth it. We're millennials. We're willing to pay more for instant gratification, you know, yeah. to simulate a real life experience than to actually <laughs> wait around to experience it. <laughs> I got called sir by a kid in a movie theater the other day. Oh, man. So. I could get called ma'am. <laughs> I mean, it's like everyone everyone has forgotten the word miss, which is completely fine. Like, ma'am is awful. No one, no one wants to be called ma'am. Just don't do it. I'm sorry. What about missy? Would you prefer that? No. <laughs> that is something <laughs> that your mother says to you 
when you've misbehaved at Clover, which is exactly what's happened to me. Clover or Strawberries and Clothiers, anything like that. Wanamakers, I remember hearing Missy uh, after misbehaving at Wanamakers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we don't have to wait for the next generation for the Phillies to win a baseball game. but. (laughs) <laughs> until until they do, uh, I believe. Whose turn is it? Is it you, you asking me a question, or did I just answer one? No, I just answered one. All right. So then I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, and as I as I prepped you before we even started recording, there is a lengthy preamble to this um, <laughs> because I wanted to address the Phillies' struggles with runners in scoring position, and then came to the conclusion that like, yeah, they kind of just have to do it. They just have to, like, hit with runners in scoring position, and eventually they will. They just, you know, they're two for their last 39 with runners in scoring position. So that's not going to get it done. Uh, I mean, as far as as far as far the actual act of hitting with runners in scoring position, if you look up, like, okay, how do you do this? Like, what's what's your approach? How, what's, what's like, even, even in baseball circles and in, in training circles, what do you do to, to hit with runners in scoring position? And there's sort of a debate about it over whether or not it's a skill versus not a skill. It, it just sort of involves the ability to adjust mid at bat, you know, approaching the plate with the right mindset, knowing that there's runners in scoring position, being able to hit under pressure and having elite bat control. These are all things that play into guys who have been able to hit well with runners in scoring position. Uh, and then, you know, not just bat control, but emotional control, because a lot of the advice you get from someone, if you went, you know, if you looked for a book or went to a coach um, and asked, how do I hit well with runners in scoring position? There's a lot of things they might tell you that begin with the word don't. Like, don't do anything extra. Don't overswing. Don't chase bad pitches. I mean, I don't see that as super helpful. And really, it goes against uh, Harvey Dorfman's, uh, the core of what he would say. This is, of course, the baseball philosopher essentially and trainer and coach who worked with Roy Halladay among other people and is largely credited with being the inspiration for him becoming the kind of pitcher he was. And the core of his like principles was you, you, you maybe give yourself a window of time to, to have a negative reaction to something that happens while you're playing. But for the most part, approach everything positively approach everything or, or at least thinking ahead, thinking forward, not dwelling on what just happened. And I remember reading a book of his in high school when I still thought I could be an athlete, uh, where he was saying, look, if you want someone to think of a white, not to think of a white horse, don't say, don't think of a white horse. It's the first (laughs) thing they're going to think of. Say, think of a black horse. And yeah, that's a much more effective way to go about that. So saying, don't do this is probably not super effective. And I mean, if you're the Phillies and everyone's saying hit with runners in scoring position, you're just like, yeah, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to not think of a white horse, but you keep saying white horse and it's all I'm thinking of. (laughs) I mean, last year, the Phillies hit 270 with runners in scoring position. That's the same as the Houston Astros who won the World Series. Mm -hmm. And both of them were tied behind the Dodgers who were only ahead of them by two points. So the Phillies had the second best team batting average with runners in scoring position last year. Now they, they were eighth in total hits with runners in scoring position, which means they also had less or fewer opportunities to hit with runners in scoring position, which if you were a more analytical person, you might actually hold against them, but the Astros were 12th in total hits with runners in scoring position. So clearly being able to do it when you can do it has a lot of value. And this year per fan graphs, the Phillies have a guy in the top 10, in batting average with runners runners in scoring position with at least 50 plate appearances. Do you this isn't my question, but do you want to guess who that is? I'm not sure you'll get it. Uh then no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you please guess who it is? <laughs> um Uh what am I guessing again? Which one of the Phillies is among the top 10 in baseball? Uh, as far as batting average with runners in scoring position among players who have at least 50 plate appearances. Oh, 50 plate appearances. It's got to be a starter. Okay, damn it. Uh... Oh, uh, I'm trying to find like a roster so I look at all the names. <laughs> Do you need me to start listing the Is that cheating? The Is that cheating? The no. 
No, but uh, you know, it's it's my mistake for assuming you'd be able to name some current Phillies. No, I can, but you said I wouldn't (laughs) be able to name them because, and I'm like, well, why? Is it one of the bench guys? There's like three bench guys. It is not one of the bench guys. All I'm saying is, if someone asked me this question, like if they leapt out of the bushes and yelled this question at me, and I had no preparation to answer whatsoever, I would have probably been surprised at what the answer actually was. Hmm. Is it Edmundo? No. How many played appearances? No. Edmundo Sosa was my guess. was my original guess. It's not a bad guess. And I guess technically, yeah, he hasn't really been a bench player because the Phillies have had to use him a lot. Uh, it is actually Alec Bohm who has really? hit 330, 333 in 59 played appearances with runners in scoring position. He has uh, two home runs and 15 singles in that time. No other ex- – just two home runs. Singles or home runs. That's, that's what mm-hmm. he does. I mean, that's – that's Alec Bohm. Uh, and yeah. per fan graphs, no other Philly has even come up with runners in scoring position as much as Alec Bohm. Uh, you have to take it down to like 30 plate appearances with runners in scoring position to find that Nick Castellanos has hit 318 with runners in scoring position this year. Brandon Marsh has hit 303. So like those are all fine. Uh, but for the most part, the big boppers have either not been available or not been able to knock in runs when the Phillies have uh, ducks on the pond. So the Phillies' biggest problem now is the one only cured by more baseball, and there will be more baseball. Uh, A lot of this sport is watching guys work stuff out, as we said. So there's not always a secret password whispered by Kevin Long to get to the next level for some of these hitters. Sometimes it's just a slog. You got to slog on through and wait till you start making solid contact. Wait till you drop your elbow to the right spot or turn your foot or make an adjustment that, that really just unlocks you hitting the ball hard again. Uh, I can see Rob Thompson chuckling at his press conferences in my head, his post-game pressers, which he's done a couple of times this year's already when they've asked him like, Hey, what about the not hitting with runners in scoring position? What about this? What about this? And each time he just kind of like laughs and, and he, he's quoted in his last one saying it's not good. That's for sure. But I think that stuff evens out eventually. And I saw a lot of people having like violent reactions to this being like, well, we fired Doc Rivers, but we kept this clown or like, oh, man, this guy's he's going to get fired. He's not going to make it to the end of the year. But like he is a baseball guy who has been around baseball forever. He has been a bench coach or on coaching staffs long before he got to Philadelphia. And he's seen this so many times because it's very common. Good hitters not hitting. It's very common. And there's nothing you can do. Rob Thompson isn't going to tell them, all right, get here three hours early. We're going back to fundamentals. You got to, you got everybody like bring your bats and stand in the box and I'll throw you some meatballs and you can, we'll have uh, runners on second and third and, and we'll just recreate like that. That's not going to, these are professional baseball players. <laughs> like it will, it will happen. It will. I promise. It's just, you know, all you got to do is keep playing baseball. So I guess what I'm asking you, Liz, with all that preamble is, um, how do you hit with runners in scoring position? Personally, uh, as someone who does not play baseball, I think the solution here is to move the mound closer. It's literally like, like it's a, like in like it's a. I, I'm thinking Adrian Beltre with the uh, at with the uh, on deck circle. Just oh yeah yeah yeah. Find a way to do that. Like I, the Phillies employ some smart people, you know. 3D print something and then just move it forward. That's my thought. <laughs> just tell people when they come to C- Citizens Bank Park, this is where the mound is now. <laughs> this, is, this is where we do this here. And just wait. Will baseball respond? Yeah, probably. But they can't mobilize fast enough to stop you from doing that maybe once. You know, like you're just, We're just, just, just looking shot, for something happens. to, you know, to break the, uh, the, the horribleness streak here. We're just trying to get to get off Nishnaid. Let's do it. Jose Alvarado tried. He was making chickens out of towels. I love that. Then <laughs> then he got hurt. So we need we need a new chicken towel for the Phillies. And um, yeah, maybe just 3D printing a new pitching mound and moving it closer to the plate will be that. Oh, yeah. That's Good answer, Liz. Better, Good answer. Yes. Thank you. Uh, all right. That means you're up next. Well, it's kind of a good follow-up to your final question. Oh, so you're saying you would like me to read my question Yes, I first. would, because otherwise I don't know if mine will make sense that much. <laughs> gotcha. All right, then I will ask you my final question. 
So currently the Phillies are holding their uh, Phillies Fantastic Auction. Happens uh, happens every year. There are a lot of interesting prizes that quickly get out of our, our price range. But it's or a lot of stuff ones. that's fun. Or anyone's. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of stuff that's fun to consider at the very least. So uh, I was looking at it today and uh, I hadn't looked at it yet. And there are some, once again, some really... Really interesting. You could have a video game session with Ranger Suarez and yeah. Sir Anthony Dominguez. You could go to a dinner party with Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> I thought I read you could have a dinner party with John Middleton at one you point. Can. I don't know if that for six. Oh, that, no. that's on there too. Okay. That, a dinner party for six with John Middleton. You could a dinner party for eight with Meg Schmidt. Wow. A ping pong party with infielder Bryson party with... Stott and teammates. How did they? <laughs> I don't know what that how means. did they? Did they like go to him and say, what kind of thing would you like your name attached to for this? And he, and he was like, ping pong party. I bet. I mean, what is a ping pong party? What, I what, don't what know. entails? Let's see. I've, I've opened the, I... whether it be doubles or bracket style tournament, let Citizens Bank Park serve as your host for the ultimate ping pong party. You and seven guests will have the opportunity to play ping pong in a Phillies VIP area with an appearance from shortstop Bryson Stott, as well as some of his teammates with added special surprises along the way. This package also includes eight field-level tickets for that evening's Phillies game, as well as a behind-the-scenes tour of Citizens Bank Park with a stop on the field to watch batting practice from behind home plate. How long of an appearance do you think that is? I'm going to say they probably ask 15 minutes of him. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe depending on the day, it's like maybe it's 30. I think probably 30 is probably better, considering right now this is... I mean, really, actually, uh, an hour is probably better. This whoever wins is spending is going to spend at least eight thousand dollars on it. Ooh, baby, eight thousand well, two hundred and twenty dollars. That's the funny part about the the dinner party ones, where I was like, "Wait, Middleton is inviting Phillies fans to come have dinner." He's like opening that door, and then I was like, "Oh no, the kind of people who have the kind of money that that is going to go for aren't the kind of people John Middleton." doesn't want to have dinner with, I guess is what I'm saying. Like you or I aren't walking through that door. So we're not going to ask him any questions about like, Hey, can I see the Phillies books just to see them? I don't even really think you're up to anything. I just kind of want to see what they look like. (laughs) (laughs) Are they, are they physical books? Are they covered in dust? Like what, what do they, what do they look like? Yeah. On a computer. (laughs) Yeah. Like that would be a really good one. I would want to do that. I would, I feel like, that would get out of hand immediately. It really does look like that they commit to having like a full meal. Like I just looked at the Dombrowski thing. It's like he will join you for dinner. And they got to be prepared for the kind of questions they're going to be asked. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know how honestly or, or um, unambiguously they would answer know. questions about the team's future. But, well, you know, I'd say ping pong with Bryson Stott is going for about twice as much. Well, that sounds a lot more fun, if I'm being honest. So I get that. Uh, well, my question to you is, naturally, which of these things has the most appeal to you? What would to you, if personally. you could afford to, what would you outbid everyone on if you could? If I could. I'm terrible at ping pong, and I do not play video games. <laughs> I would love to do something different with that. Is there an option mm. for me? Because it's like, I don't want a hitting lesson with Phillies infielder. All-star Trey Turner. Um, I don't <laughs> believe I particularly not- <laughs> want... They're selling an ultimate collection of 100 autographed Phillies bats, actually. That is awesome. I would take the batting lesson from Trey Turner, but then just let him stay in the cage the whole time. Yeah. Be like, just pre- I'll stand over here like I'm a base just runner. Just extra and you time just- for you, buddy. <laughs> it's my gift to you. Now, the crown jewel to me... <laughs> of the potential prizes is that, and it was at about $500 only this morning, which I couldn't believe, but you can, you can auction. You can, you can try to get Milt Thompson, former Phillies coach and 1993 uh, NL pennant winning team alumnus, Milt Thompson to join your slow pitch softball team. I mean, that's a franchise altering acquisition, even just for one game. To, to have him come out to my softball team. 
Oh my goodness. Yes, that was, and, and that was like the cheapest thing there. That was still well within triple digits. And you just, you know, you pass around a hat at softball practice, get everybody to put 40, 50 bucks in, telling them, you know, you, you tell them what it's for, obviously, and they might be able to pony up even more. Uh, and then, yeah, as a group, you guys just free agent sign Milt Thompson, who, you know, I don't know how old he is at this point. He's been you know, 50s, 60s, but slow pitch softball. Those instincts don't leave a guy like Milt Thompson. He could still put uh, put a charge into 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 something, especially if it's floating at him, you know, like a big meaty softball. So yeah, I would I would go for that one. I think that would be that one. Almost felt I looked at that this morning and I was like, that's almost like attainable. Wow, it is. And then I like remembered, it, oh right, it ended at five hundred and twenty dollars. But the problem is, I don't what? have a slow pitch softball team. Ah, oh, that's kind yeah, of the. That. I feel like that's the that's the hump there. Like that, it's a. Uh, I feel like he doesn't mind that going for $520 because, you know, there's only going to be a handful of people who really want that, who will have a yeah. slow pitch softball team <laughs> to to have him come to. I can't believe that closed at 520. Somebody out there just got a bargain. Yeah, That's they did. incredible. I hope they send cameras to that. They probably won't, but like, I hope they send cameras to that event. I would love to see Milt Thompson playing slow pitch softball at like FDR Park or something. That would be absolutely incredible. It would be actually. Yeah, so, that's, some, that's someone we should uh we should see if we can get in contact with whoever won. Yeah, some random Philly sport and social league uh, all over the city, whether it's like out in Fishtown or, uh, or, or, uh, old Kensington or something like just, and he, he just rolls up one day and it's just like, yeah, you know, I'll hit four home runs tonight for you guys. And then, and then peace out. Like that's, that sounds good. Do you think he would do, I had an old team that if you, if you messed up on the field, you had to take a shame shot of, um, of, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> something horrible. Yeah, the, that stupid, disgusting thing that everyone drinks all the time when they're young. Uh, Oh, uh, Jaeger anyway, sure. This yeah, game you think, must be you think there must in the fine print. I'd be sure to sneak in like, you know, Milt Thompson agrees to take any and all <laughs> mandates from the team as per their personal team rules. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I, I feel like you got to slip that in there. He might just willingly agree because it seems like fun. <laughs> you might not have to contractually trick him into doing it. Fair enough. Milt Thompson if nothing else has always seemed like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He's chill. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. I mean, there uh, are all some right. gems. One thing I would not want, they have like a set of 86 baseballs, one from every home game last year. I'm like, that is too much. I saw that. That means nothing to me. Game yeah. used stuff. Like I get it. I get I get the appeal, but that's never really made me go like, Oh, extra value, especially something like, Here's 86 baseballs from all the home games. You know, a bunch of those weren't good games, I bet. I mean, in fact, I know. I know a bunch of them weren't good games. So thanks, I guess, for yes. not throwing these away. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's one thing that I would want that I hadn't looked at. They have a set of 12 Phillies Hall of Fame autographed baseballs. Robin Roberts, Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, Tony Perez, Ryan Sandberg, Pat McDonald. Pat Gillick, Tim McCarver, Pedro Martinez. That one is not authenticated by Major League Baseball for some reason. Um, Interesting. <laughs> Jim Tomey, Roy Halladay, uh, Jim Cott, and Scott Rowland. I think that's wow. cool. I think that's awesome. I would want that. That's what I would want. Okay, that's that's a pretty good collection. Yeah, yeah. that's not all obvious ones either. That's that's pretty. Yeah, that. That's versatile. I like that a lot. Me All right. too. I was really, I was impressed by this. So uh, that's what I would want, I think. It, right now, like, it's theoretically attainable. $3,510. Uh, I mean, it's all theoretically attainable, Liz. Yeah, it is. All <laughs> I mean, I've got a credit card with a li with enough money, enough room on it. I could get this. <laughs> I God, what are we won't. doing here? Oh. I don't know what we're doing, really. <laughs> Shoot hot dogs with the Philly Fanatic. 3000 bucks. That's not bad. I, I have a, a, a friend of a friend who had that job uh, as like a fanatics assistant or whatever and rode out once on the back of um, whatever transport they were using to fire the hot dogs from a hot dog Ooh. cannon. And, and and they said afterward, they're like, yeah, it was like being in a in like a, a World War Two trench where he was like, give me another hot dog, jamming <laughs> in the thing, firing it like a mortar. And he's like, give me another hot dog. And it's just back and forth like that. 
Super intense. <laughs> a lot of heat. <laughs> like they were fighting off uh, everyone in the crowd from, from climbing over the fence and storming the field. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh. So my final question for you is what's one thing the Phillies aren't offering for their charity auction that you would bid an unlimited amount of money on? Uh, well, honestly, one of my biggest fantasies is going into the booth and doing and, and like doing a, a, an inning. Um, they, of course, were offering that. So that yes. doesn't answer the question. They, they offer that every year. Um, I would love to do that. But with the stipulation that like there's no introduction, they come back from commercial and it's just me and there is no context <laughs> offered and I'm just there. And uh, yeah, everyone just has to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I, obviously that's, that's, that's a dream job of mine is baseball broadcaster. Um, I feel like yours yeah, would uh, be the unlimited amount of money would be spent bidding on that same item every year, <laughs> but I did, I did, uh, try to come up with a, a couple of things that weren't offered by the Phillies this year in their fantastic auction, perhaps a, a hair wetting appointment with Brandon Marsh, <laughs> a hair wetting appointment. As though he goes to like a salon for that. We've seen him in the dugout. He's just dumping Pouring water, water on his, on head. his like, head. That's it. It's just water on his head. That's all. It's and they not- asked him why. And he was like, I just prefer it wet. Like, well, it's sort of okay. like Chase Utley's, <laughs> Chase Utley's hair underneath that, you know, the hat and the helmet. He prefers it slick back with gel. And it's awful and ugly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, something, you know, something fun like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Utley. If uh, I, I doubt, I doubt Utley. You know, I, t- I feel like it takes a a lot, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it, like takes a lot for him to get involved in stuff like this. I think you know he lives in overseas now. Yeah, he I lives believe. in London now. He's got young kids. Yeah. Like you notice that like Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins aren't involved. They yeah. they've all got like families and stuff, and so they're yeah. just you know it's not a great time for them to do this but you know in future years they'll probably come back and participate they love coming back i would love i'll tell you what here's a good one i would love to go out to third base and just go around the horn with utley rollins howard and i guess throw truch in there too oh yeah he can throw it to me that's it and just a couple times just go around the the mound put hamels out there on the mound and do all that Mm. i think that'd be pretty solid and the and they're kind of in a good spot. You know, nothing against Pedro Feliz or Abraham Nunez or anybody who played third base uh, during that era. But, you know, it's widely known that the Phillies had this tremendous infield. They just didn't really have, or Placido Polanco, obviously. Um, <laughs> they just never never had the, like, third baseman that, that completed the quadrifecta, if I quadrifecta. You know, may invent a word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, they never, they didn't have the long-term stud third baseman there, which is why it was always so fun to fantasize. What if like a veteran Scott Rowland was still out there and things had been different with him. But anyway, uh, they have that you know, kind of written in that you can go out there as you, as the, the winner can go play third base as those three guys, uh, take the field and you get to just throw it around the horn with them once and then or have them do it. And you go around the horn and then they play like a, a victory thing on the jumbotron and like through the stadium, you know, that would be, that would be pretty cool. I would, I would go for something like that. That would be uh, it'd be brief, but it would be a very (laughs) emotionally important moment for me. It would be, I like it. I think that's good. I really like the around the horn idea. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like when you're the, the, Oh, uh, it's kids run the bases night and you're lucky enough to be a kid. And, yeah, you get to go down and run the base, and you're like, this is awesome. And then it's over in, like, 10 seconds, and you're like, hmm, wish I could do that more and for longer. But, I think it would be, <laughs> a, like, a, a catch session with the three of them, with, like, the four of them or whoever, however many. Like, you know, make you know stipulate that it's, like, 15 minutes long with, like, maybe a 10-minute break afterwards for, like, after, you know, after catch snacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's after catch snacks. See, and we even invented a new thing. That just sounds great. Frankly. Yeah, that's that's got to be after you do a light a workout. After you do a light workout, don't I mean, and you want to to relax? Why not have some snacks? <laughs> why not snacks? Is this not yeah. obvious to anybody else? <laughs> like, did I know, you know I know that see? like orange, like 
orange slices after, you know, Little League or something is the thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, uh, did you see uh, in the dugout a couple days ago, Bryce Harper just, like, had some blueberries and all the Phillies were walking by him and he was just offering them all. And they all, like, took a blueberry and they were all eating them. <laughs> I love it. This, blueberries, like... blueberries this time of year are fantastic. Yeah, it's just like a strangely human moment for these professional athletes. We're like, oh, look at them. I've got a pile of blueberries. Do you want one? Have some blueberries. This is like, I want to talk about this with somebody, but it's definitely not news. And no, that's what but I totally get it. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't see that moment, but those are the moments that I love. Just like watching the dugout and seeing dudes just be like, they're, they're just like people at their office, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's their office. They're just in the dugout with each other. You know, it's, you know, it's different when they're on like the plane because there are no cameras around. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in like a baseball game. But like that's like generally like their office where they work. So it's cool to see them just sort of doing, you know, how you might gather around, you know, in the kitchen every morning for 10 minutes and, you know, talk about whatever. Someone brings in blueberries from their garden and shares. Folks, it's blueberry season, and it's also hitting season. So hopefully as the weather heats up, the ball starts traveling out of Citizens Bank Park, as much as uh, Charlie Manuel used to say it did. Uh, And as I said, the Phillies begin a homestand tonight, three games against the Cubs, three games against the D-backs. Then they're back on the road taking on the NL East in some games that will probably be pretty important as they head to Atlanta (laughs) for four games in the next week, and then New York for some Mets action. So prepare yourself. If you weren't ready, I would say get ready. Uh, but yeah, Ranger Suarez starting his first game at Citizens Bank Park since the World Series. Uh, and then a couple of matinees on Saturday and Sunday before the D-backs come to town. Uh, so yeah, Phillies are back. They're back in South Philadelphia. Hopefully this will be the time that they turn things around. Hopefully this is a scalding hot home streak or a home stand. Uh, but even if it isn't, we'll be watching as the team tries to right itself and get back on track. As always, thanks for listening. From WHYY and Billy Penn, this has been Hidden Season. Hidden Season.